1: Heel Tough
0: Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Host Anthony Pagnata, with you guys as always. And today, it is time to go back onto the recruiting trail where the Tar Heels are feeling it, ladies and gentlemen. We talked so much about the Tar Heels needing a big month of June, needing to get some headliners in the 2024 class. And starting off the 2025 class with a bang, well, we we didn't really talk about that, but Carolina sure did it. Uh, I came on, talked to you a little bit about the commitments of Zion Ferguson, Bryce Baker, but we've got our recruiting analyst here, Zach Hubbard, who will give his opinions on those two commitments, as well as the two commitments that have happened since. Keenan Jackson, an in-state wide receiver that gets Carolina started at the receiver position in the 2024 class, as well as... Ty white Carolina goes into the state of Georgia yet again, this time to get a safety and a guy that helps a room that desperately needs talent and depth. And we'll talk all about that here on this edition of the podcast, tell you the three guys that Carolina did miss on. Don't worry. We're not going to spend too much time on that. And then we will circle around. As I mentioned there, uh, Carolina with a lot of success in the state of Georgia, We're going to talk about what that ultimately means for the Tar Heels moving forward and how pumped should you guys be about the Tar Heels adding that as one of their main pipelines uh, when it comes to recruiting moving forward. But uh, first of all, Zach, you know, look, we, we said it multiple times. Carolina had to start getting it going on the recruiting trail in terms of the quality of player that they were landing in the 2024 class because they were bringing in. You know, quantity, they they had, you know, as of right now, they've got 22 commitments, which is one of the highest numbers in the entire country in the 2024 cycle. But the quality is starting to roll in with the guys that they are landing. And you're also starting to see Carolina have a little bit of success with some guys in the state of North Carolina.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, you know, we've sort of been looking to see when is the quote-unquote talent, whether that be – you know, blue chip, four and five star guys going to come in, top five hundred. However you want to look at it, we've been sort of waiting on that. We're starting to see that happen here. So, you know, here's sort of at the end of June, entering into July, we're seeing guys, you know, start to really finalize their decisions and. You know, it it looks to be a situation where North Carolina is going to have most of their, if not all of their 2024 class wrapped up by the end of the month. So obviously going to discuss some of that here today, and it's going to be more continuously throughout this month.
0: Yes, and as somebody that has to write about recruiting, I got to tell you, I am pretty excited about the fact that we could be wrapping up the 2024 class year a little bit early uh, and focusing a little bit on that 2025 class. Also, you know, clearly focusing on the season that's going to be happening, uh, you know, this year, a, a big one for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels overall, but... Uh, yeah, you're you're right. I, I think they're getting to the point where you're, you're going to have to start having some of these debates and we're going to have one coming up here about, you know, one of these position groups that the Tar Heels landed a guy at and what it means, you know, h- how many spots do they still have left? That's the point that we're kind of at. And this is part of, I think, Carolina really trying to sort of reset. You know, we hear the word rebuild a lot. Reset, I think, is what Carolina is really looking to do. Uh, we talked about them trying to get guys that fit what they want. Um, and and I think, you know, at the same time, they're starting to mix in some of that talent. Well, a guy that kind of hits on both of those, Zach, is 2024 four-star cornerback Zion Ferguson. He is now the highest-rated player in the Tar Heels 2024 class. Uh, he, you know, n- the number 301 overall player according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. The number 25 quarter cornerback and the number 38 player in the state of Georgia. He's a guy that fits exactly what Gene Chiswick wants, a guy that plays a lot of zone corner. He's gonna fit that Tampa two type style that Gene Chiswick likes on the back end. Uh and you know, for Carolina to be able to flip him from LSU. This is this is a big one, Zach, for the Tar Heels to be able to get in their favor. This one was something we saw coming for a while, but now that it's actually happened, this you have to score this as a big win for Charlton Warren as well as new cornerbacks coach Jason Jones.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, a guy that plays a lot of that zone quarter that that's the first thing that I saw when I put on the film is. I said to myself, you know, if you're wanting to still sort of play the style of defense that Gene Chiswick wants to play, this is exactly the guy that you go to get. He's the guy that, you know, gives you that space off the line of scrimmage, but moves very quickly once a catch is made to sort of, you know, erase that deficit there and and make the tackle. So he's exactly what they're looking for in terms of almost a prototype uh, for that position. And I think could be very good there. It sort of adds more of that athleticism that they've had somewhat in the past with some of the guys they've gotten guys like Tony Grimes, uh, et cetera. So adds a little bit more of that, obviously not as highly ranked, but still sort of in that similar vein uh, as a, you know, a blue chip prospect at the position, uh, was a big flip from LSU. Um, obviously he's a guy that they had, you know, continued conversation with time and time again, um, despite his commitment, he'd been very open about, you know, his um, his being recruited by North Carolina and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't make it back to Baton Rouge and had been in Chapel Hill several times. So, you know, it it was sort of, you know, all a continuous process leading to his uh, decommitment and then commitment of North Carolina. Uh, but like you mentioned, a big win for uh, Charlton Warren has been a big recruiter both last year and this year since he you know, rejoined uh, the Tar Heel staff. And, you know, it, it's, again, one of these continuous pushes that we've seen of North Carolina in the state of Virginia, when, when you have sort of a uh, deficiency to some degree in North Carolina and Virginia, North Carolina, the University of North Carolina has to push into these sort of, um, quote unquote, secondary areas. Mm. Uh, to try to get that talent. And, you know, the fact that you have Georgia as a state that you can pull from, it is, you know, over the past few years, it's become one of the bigger states. It's right up there with Florida, uh, Texas, and California that have been sort of that big three. And I I think it's likely to overtake probably California here over the next few years in terms of what it means for recruiting. So, you know, it's going to be a state that North Carolina is going to have to, continuously plumb to see, you know, who are those guys they can get. It's going to continue to be an elite recruiting state. So it it is a big deal in my opinion that they can sort of lay that groundwork, land that framework of, you know, North Carolina is is a team and it is a program that recruits Virginia, recruits it well. I, I think that it pays dividends now and could continue to pay dividends in the future.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more later about you know, what, what it means ultimately for Carolina with the success that they've had in the state of Georgia in this class. But you're right, with with Ferguson, I just think, you know, this one, being able to flip them from LSU, and I know there's probably a lot of people at LSU, we see this just about every time Carolina flips somebody from an SEC school, even, you know, from a high-end ACC school, whatever A lot of people say the same thing. Well, you know, that was a guy that we took a commitment from way back. And, you know, he kind of fell off our radar a little bit. You know, we were probably, you know, who knows if his scholarship offer was still even legitimate or whatever. Even if that is the case here, I think Carolina is getting a really, really good player. It's a guy that's played at a high level in the state of Georgia. Now he's making the transfer to Gainesville high school Um, interesting move for him. He's going to a smaller high school, I guess, really more for him to be able to stand out. Um, I think that's probably what he is hoping to do this year. Um, in, in, in Gainesville, Georgia, uh, much smaller school than Grayson high school, which was where he played before. And most people know Grayson. It's a powerhouse in the state of Georgia team that, you know, the last few years has, you know, toggled back and forth playing national, national schedules. Uh, this is, this is a big deal. You know that's that's a big deal for him to have played there, have started there uh, last year. You know, 38 total tackles, two tackles for loss, three interceptions, uh, two passes defense. This this is a guy that's played at a high level and done so pretty well. I like the way that he plays the ball. I like the length that he brings. At six foot one sixty one, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but the thing is, is that you know for a corner, that's pretty good size. Caroline has also really been bringing in a lot of smaller corners here in the last few classes. We've heard the staff say, look, you got guys that can play above their size. This is a guy that, if he plays at his size, is going to be able to thrive on the outside. Now, 161 pounds, he's probably got to put on a little bit of weight, but I really like the way that he fits this defense. He's a guy that, you know, contributes in run defense. You know, he's still going to, I think, have to work on that when he gets to the next level, especially if he's going to remain a relatively thinner corner. But I think he's a a guy that's pretty smart. He tackles well in space. And really, just that desire to be involved in the run game is what you want to see. So I really like what the Tar Heels get in Zion Ferguson. I also really like what they get in their most recent command another four star, just the third in this class for the Tar Heels. Uh, and it is Tyshawn White, the uh, four-star safety out of Buford High School in Buford, Georgia. Yet another school that you should know. That's a powerhouse. It's one that has grown into a national, um, you know, a, a national powerhouse. Now, last year they exited the playoffs early, but they're a team that you're going to hear a lot about them. You could see them on some nationally televised games later on this year. So he's going to be on a big stage. He's the number 303 overall prospect in the class uh, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Player Rankings, number 29 safety, and the number 39 player in the state of Georgia. And this is a big one, Zach, because this position is a, a, an area where Carolina has needed to land guys at. They got Jaden Patterson already in there, another guy from the state of Georgia, another guy from you know a pretty loaded defensive backfield at a state powerhouse just like Tyshon White is coming from. Uh it it this this is one that Carolina really needed though to add as they they need to load up on some bodies there for depth, but they also need to get some talent into that safety room.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, um safety is a position that they're they're looking to add both talent and bodies, and I think that they add You know, both here in this instance, getting Tyshawn White listed at about 5'11", 187. So has good weight already. Obviously, the size is not going to blow you away, but isn't insufficient in any means. And just from looking at the film, uh, I I see a guy that plays, you know, quite a bit near the line of scrimmage. Obviously, in modern college football, uh, free and strong safety seem a little bit more interchangeable than they've been in the past, but he seems like a guy, not, not especially bulky, but a guy that, you know, wants to come up and and make tackles uh, near behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, very close thereof, uh, as opposed to being a a really rangy guy, a really, you know, back end sort of guy. So I think that's sort of where he fits um, either as, as a safety that's going to play, closer to the line of scrimmage maybe as you know that nickel or star position that fifth defensive back sort of lined up either with slot receivers or with you know tight ends sometimes running backs Uh, I think that he would excel in that role really wherever he can make tackles I think is is where I like him Specifically, um, another win for Charlton Warren, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, there in the state of Georgia. Buford, like you mentioned, one of one of those sort of premier high schools in that state, a state that, like I mentioned earlier, is becoming quite the, you know, talent producer. So always good to create inroads there. Um, And and I think overall, it's just a a guy that you can sort of fit into different spots. One that I, I really like as a versatile piece to play multiple positions and it it, Mm -hmm. it, like you mentioned it's going to be a position that's going to need probably younger guys to step up not only in the two deep I'm not going to you know say starter necessarily but you know next year and in in the oncoming years they're going to need guys from this class to play significant roles whether that be on special team or just in second string snaps so I, I think that he's a good guy to sort of fill into one of those two spots whether that be safety or nickel
0: yeah and and look, Carolina has recruited extremely well at a lot of positions in their time under Mac Brown in this second stint. One area where they have not been great at is safety. And they need to get guys that are talented in there. Um, and they really just, I mean, you've got to get fresh blood in there because that group has been burnt consistently over and over again. And it feels like, you know this is this is there's going to be opportunity for these guys out there first of all you've got a lot of veterans in that safety room that will be you know departing after the season or you know had some ha- have already departed um and they you know that one of the things Mac Brown talked about was look there's opportunity there for guys this year but no one's really stepping up and that's one of the things that concerns me a lot about this 2023 team now hopefully there are other guys that a- a- end up you know, stepping into those roles and eventually take over um, to a point where these guys coming in, they do have some time to grow. But it, that's how important it is for this position right now to be recruited at a high level. And I think this is a guy that that fits everything that Carolina is kind of looking for. I think he pairs very well with Jaden Patterson. Now, the thing with Jaden Patterson is, is you got to figure out where you're going to play him. He came in here as an athlete. Now he's listed as a safety right now. But he's a guy that can play nickel. He's a guy that can play corner. This is a guy in Tyshawn White that I think you're looking at as kind of that in-the-box safety, as you said. I I thought the exact same thing. I thought where where he was at his best was when he was coming downhill and making plays in the run game. And, look, we've seen plenty of guys that have thrived in that role, even under Gene Chizik here. One guy that comes to mind almost immediately for me is Donnie Miles. I thought that was – uh, you know, a tremendous asset for Carolina when Gene was here the first time, a guy that could simply come into the box as a safety and make plays in the run game over and over again. And for Carolina, you know, their run defense has not been great, it's still lacking. Mac Brown has mentioned that again here this offseason. He mentioned it when he last spoke with the media earlier, you know, in the month of June that, look, that's an area they have to get better at. They simply have to run the ball better and they have to stop the run better. I mean, clearly there's other stuff that they have to improve on as well, but this is a guy that can do those things for you. Um, Guy that, you know, has good speed, can cover a lot of space really quickly, good tackler. I think, you know, there's, there's definitely some elements of, you know, that punishing type player When he hits you, but at the same time, he's not a guy that is always looking to make the big hit. He's not always looking to make the highlight real play. Real smart guy, wraps up very well. That's what you want to see is a guy that has that type of balance. Now, the thing is, is that when it comes to the coverage, you don't see a a ton of coverage snaps from him in his junior year. It looks like they kind of wanted to use him more as that in-the-box type of hybrid linebacker almost safety. But if you go back to his sophomore tape, he's a guy that, you know, can handle himself really well in coverage. So I think he's, you know, he he can kind of play both types of roles for you. And those are the types of guys that you're looking for, because right now there's just no real answers on the back end of that defense. I think this is a huge addition for Carolina and it goes a long way. And Zach, no, we're not really going to talk. We didn't talk about the cornerback room, you know, what, what, Uh, Ferguson's commitment ultimately means there. But when it comes to White, there's two other big names that Carolina is after right now on the recruiting trail. Ultimately, what do you think White's commitment means for a guy like Kaj Sanders who's going to commit coming up on Saturday? A guy uh, like Malcolm Ziegler who's going to commit on July 17th? Do you think that ultimately affects Carolina's chances to land those guys
1: I I don't think that this commitment in particular really affects any of them and one more that I'd mentioned there just in the mix uh Jalen Thompson that looks like that's right be, yeah that looks, looks like he's going to be uh committing later this week I, I I think that this is a position that they're looking to take multiple bodies at I don't know where it was mentioned exactly, but um, uh, one of the safety recruits had mentioned, you know, they want to take three or four guys at the position uh, just at safety here this year. Obviously, like we mentioned, it's a a position where they're going to need to add bodies and one where, you know, they're going to see a number of guys likely leave this offseason. They they had a number of uh, players that they took in as transfers at the position to bolster depth there this season a lot of those guys have just this one more year of eligibility remaining so you know it's unclear how much they're going to return at that position in particular so they're going to need bodies here they're likely to take mm-hmm. transfers this um this upcoming offseason after the 2023 Uh, football season to to just to have some leadership there they might take one or two but they want bodies in this class so I think that they are perfectly fine taking you know multiple additional guys whether that be one or two more it's hard to say but I, I think it is very possible that we see them take you know even two more guys so Does that affect Jalen Thompson? Probably not. Kaj Sanders, we still don't know where that one's going to go. And Malcolm Mm Zitner, we still don't know where that one's going to go. I I think they're probably going to land two of those three guys optimistically. And I think that they have room to do so. So this particular recruitment, if you're hoping to land all three, I don't think that you're going to be able to do that just from a space perspective, but Mm -hmm. um, in terms of does it, Keep you from landing additional safeties and taking, you know, high quality safeties, you know, blue chip safeties such as a Mal- Malcolm Zill, Malcolm Ziegler, excuse me. I don't think that it's gonna, you know, affect that, uh, or you know, I don't think that it's gonna stop you from getting those commitments.
0: Well, and in terms of the guys, you know, for this year that are projected as you know contributors that could be leaving after the season, uh, you know, Derek Allen. Giovanni Bigger's both guys that are expected to play pretty big roles for Carolina they are in their final seasons you have got Antavius Lane who is a junior so still an upperclassman and that's the other thing you got to look forward and project you know who is going to be gone uh down the line and you you really you know don't know what the future is especially with the transfer portal we've seen that there are guys at the position i mean Dontavius Nash who was a guy that was further down on the depth chart could have been primed to get, you know, a, a more of a look this offseason and potentially fight for some reps back there at a position that doesn't have a lot of answers, entered the transfer portal. So you're seeing a lot of that. Carolina, I think, is just trying to cover their bases here. And the thing is, you mentioned Jalen Thompson. And I've seen a lot of people that have said this. And, and I mean, it's a lot of credible people. Don Callahan of Inside Carolina, they they said for a while, this guy's a take for Carolina. I got to be honest. I don't really understand it. Uh, He's a three-star guy to me. Like I would, I would prioritize Malcolm Ziegler over him. And maybe you're right. Maybe they are going to take three or four guys at the safety position in this class. Maybe Jaden Patterson is ultimately going to be looked at as a nickelback corner. One of the two. He he certainly has the skill set to do that. To me, I, I, I'm just, I am very concerned that if they take that commitment from Thompson, that could send the wrong message to Ziggler. I, I think Kaj Sanders, you know, that's right in Rutgers' backyard. They, they are doing an outstanding job. We saw that with another guy um, that Carolina missed on in, in four star tight end, Corey Duff Jr., uh, just, you know, a, a few days ago. Um, I, I think that one is probably off the table when you consider them, Penn State. He's probably going elsewhere. To me, I I want to know what Malcolm Ziegler is thinking if Jalen Thompson commits to Carolina. If he's concerned that that's taking his spot, then I'm not taking Jalen Thompson's commitment until after I make sure I have Malcolm Ziegler. And look, maybe they do have a silent commitment from him. If they do, cool. Take the commitment from Thompson. But I that that's the one thing that concerns me. The thing is, though, with Thompson, it seems inevitable. Um, He did not have any other official visits scheduled until late on in the process. He had an official visit scheduled for the final weekend of Pittsburgh. He ended up canceling that official visit. So Carolina is the only place that he officially visited. It looks pretty obvious that it is going to be Carolina. So, yeah, this could be a pretty big class for Carolina at the safety spot, but we know for sure they've at least got Tyshawn White off to – A pretty good start there uh, at that spot in the class. Another spot that they got off to a pretty good start at was wide receiver. They landed 2024 three-star wide receiver Keenan Jackson uh, to close out the month of June. That was their final commitment of the month back on June 29th. He is the number 811 overall prospect in the class according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. The number one oh four uh, wide receiver and the number twenty nine player in the state of North Carolina, but Zach, I think when you look at this, you know he's a guy that has kind of fallen down the rankings as as things have gone along. me being a guy that is from the area he Keenan Jackson currently Weddington High School in Weddington, North Carolina. prior to that, he played at Cuttson High School in Waxaw, North Carolina. and if people don't know, um that Weddington. uh, Those are schools that are in Union County It's right outside of Charlotte. It's literally 15 minutes, even closer than that, in some cases, depending on the traffic to where I live. So I know these schools very well. Cuthbertson know that program very well. They've kind of been a middle of the road program for a while. Many people may remember Carolina took a commitment from J.T. Cawthon back in the day. He was a four star That was when they were probably at their best. They had him, a guy that went to uh, Oklahoma. uh, I mean, he went to Tennessee, Oklahoma, um, West Virginia, Austin Kendall, quarterback uh, that transferred really all over the place. Um, He was their quarterback. That was the last time they were really, really good. Uh, Keenan Jackson kind of stuck on a team that was middle of the road. I think he's got a chance to shine in – at Weddington High School, a school that's been a power for a while, is really starting to generate um, you know, some, some Division One type of talent for a while there. A lot of their guys wouldn't get recruited, but now it's a little bit different. A lot more eyes, a lot more big names that are there, and a team that wins a lot. Zach, I, I think when you combine that and then you look at the actual player and how he fits what Carolina needs in this class and – what they are targeting with their other guys. I thought this was a perfect first edition for the Tar Heels at wide
1: receiver. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at how they've recruited the position, they are very intentional in how they sort of uh, split the room between inside guys and outside guys. In almost every class, they make sure that they're going to get you know, one, if not two guys that are 6'3 and up. And and Keenan Jackson sort of fits into that mold as more of a taller receiver. Uh, When I put on his film, I I am sort of still uh, questioning sort of where he fits in terms of is his ranking correct? Is he going to rise? Do do those additional eyes sort of add to this or is this just who this guy is? He is very much sort of that outside uh, sort of, you know, long frame long arms uh possession receiver i i'm still sort of in the middle in terms of what his speed is sometimes it, it does look like you know he does take these sort of long strides that allow him to uh you know make up space very quickly but doesn't look too terribly quick but they do have him you know run some screens as well so that that sort of makes me think that maybe there's something there there's a little bit of twitchiness there so In terms of what I'm looking for from him, I want to see sort of what that complete package looks like in his senior year. As of right now, I think that his ranking around the 750s looks to be correct. And and that's not to say that I don't think that he is a good player or one that North Carolina can have a lot of success with. I think that, you know, they have options on the team right now that sort of fit that frame of a guy that's not necessarily going to be, you know, your number one receiver, but is going to be a good possession option, especially in the red zone. And I think that's what Keenan Jackson probably is right now. But I, I'm sort of You know, waiting and and curious to see what he looks like in his senior season to see if, you know, he takes that next step in, in terms of being a potential number one receiver on the outside.
0: Yeah, you know, when I watched him, the thing that I thought to myself is if he could turn into what we were hoping a healthy Antoine Green could turn into, I think that would probably be the best case scenario for him, which would be a really, really solid player, a guy that would be probably a multi-time All-ACC type of receiver. Find grass, that was always, that's always been a big thing about Carolina's receiving core, is just just find a way to get open. And when I watch him, that's the first thing that you see. I think he's a good route runner. I don't think he is the most technically sound. But at the same time, I mean, man, this dude, I, I mean, you talk about he he affects the game really at all three levels. You see him in the short game. Um, he's got good enough speed to be able to pull away from guys. Not the not the shiftiest guy in space, but has some good long, you know, long speed um, once he catches the football on screen plays short slants think he's you know a guy that can really work in the intermediate game as well and i also think we saw him as a you know deep receiver now again he's not going to beat you over the top with game breaking speed he's got good enough speed but the thing is he can win some of those 50-50 balls now we're not talking about andre green junior type um you know ability to go up and get the football that was that that's next level Guy that, you know, we're still hoping to see that from, but still a guy that, you know, has the frame. I mean, it's 6'3, 185, very solidly built player. Um, So not a guy that, you know, corners are going to be able to easily fight through. I think that's what helps him win a lot of those 50 50 balls. I just, to me, I, I just think he fits that mantra of really solid player. I feel like he's got a pretty high floor. Maybe not the higher ceiling of some of the other guys that Carolina is targeting in this class, but I feel like he could be a really, really solid player in, you know, at Carolina, a guy that can contribute in this wide receiving core for years. And I think ultimately, you know, Carolina would be pretty satisfied with that. If that's what he can be, there's some other guys in this class that Carolina is still going after. They're probably hoping to take three receivers in this class. Uh, It looks like, you know, one of the guys that we've talked about a lot here, Alex Taylor, you know, look, Braylon Staley, a guy who just committed to Tennessee recently, um, you know, he had said to Phil Kornblut, who writes, you know, recruiting stuff down in the state of South Carolina, that Clemson was full. They told him they're not taking any more receivers. Apparently, that's not the case with Alex Taylor. Uh, There are rumors that they are telling other guys that because Alex Taylor is the guy that they want. So that's going to be really, to me, the determining factor as to whether or not Carolina brings in two or three wide receivers. I know there are a lot of people that are still holding out hope for Jordan Ship. I just, that pull to Michigan, the high school teammates that he already has committed there, there's a couple other guys from the region that are already committed there that he may have relationships with. There is a lot that still has me skeptical, but you never really know. I, I still think Carolina, they want three receivers in this class. It's still a position, though, that if they land one more guy, which I feel comfortable about Javarius Green at this point, if they land him and that's it, I think you could still feel pretty good about the class, but at least they've got that big receiver on the outside because I think you know they've had success finding those smaller slot receivers You got guys that I think can thrive there if they need to, like Christian Hamilton, who can also play on the outside, but it doesn't really seem to be his strength from the last class. Guy like Keenan Jackson, he's playing on the outside. It's 6'3". That's where he's going to be. I think that's great for Carolina to be able to bring in. And you always love to land a guy in the state of North Carolina. Well, I mentioned earlier, Carolina missing on a few guys. Told you about Braylon Staley, the four-star receiver, committing to Tennessee. No shock there. Uh, guys, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think I told you this on the last edition of the podcast that I did by myself. Um, I, I just like Braylon Staley. The fact that he even visited Carolina was a miracle because Tennessee, really. I mean, you talk about one of the best official visits, probably of anyone in this cycle. It was probably. It, I mean, it ranks right, right up there based on the quotes that were coming out after it. This guy really was that close to committing on the spot. So the fact that Carolina even had a shot to show what they had and try to make a last-minute push was amazing. Uh, Four-star tight end Corey Duff Jr., as we mentioned, commits to Rutgers. Another one that's not a shock. Guy from uh, Melville High School out in Melville, New York. If people don't know where that is, it's out on Long Island. Um, That's where, you know, my family's from now. They're a little closer to the city. Uh, He's further out east. But um, still, you know, this was this was going to be a tough one. Uh, You talk about, uh, you know, team that's really on the rise in terms of their recruiting. That's Rutgers. They're doing a great job, especially in the northeast. They are taking care of their guys in the northeast. They've got him. Uh, I told you about Kaj Sanders. They're in, you know, pretty good spot for him as well. It feels like it's probably down to them and Penn State. So you, you, if you're them, you know, you got to feel pretty confident. They felt confident heading into that one. And the other thing, you know, they viewed him as more of a receiver. I don't think Carolina did. You just base it off of who was recruiting him. Carolina had Freddie Kitchens recruiting him, which you know, part of that could be the fact that Freddie Kitchens was a guy that's been in the NFL before. Um, that was something that really resonated with Duff and was part of the reason why Carolina was still in it. But ultimately, they want to use him as a wide receiver. That's what Duff wants to be. And he goes to Rutgers. And then three-star defensive lineman DeAndre Cook commits to Penn State. Th- this one, again, I I, I said this, uh, I-, I believe it was the last edition of the podcast or maybe the one before that. Um, th- if this was in April, and he was making his commitment, He it would have been Carolina. He took multiple unofficial visits there, one that was even unscheduled. He just loved the campus that much that he came there. But Penn State really turned it on with him late in the going here. Um, really, over the last two months, it's been all Penn State. And I think everybody pretty much knew. I mean, he came to Carolina for his official visit in the second weekend of the month. But everybody knew as long as he took that official visit to Penn State, as long as somebody didn't blow him away uh, the way that Tennessee uh, did with Braylon Staley, this was going to be Penn State's, and they end up locking up his commitment. But, you know, Carolina, they've they've got backup plans. at the tight end position. They're pretty much locked in already. They've got Ryan Ward, Timothy Lawson as well. The reason they were still recruiting Corey Duff, I, I had multiple people that asked me this. The reason they were still recruiting him, one, because he's a four-star prospect. He's a guy that I think provided that versatility and really fit the mold of Bryson Nesbitt pretty well. The other thing is is that Timothy Lawson, multi-sport athlete, guy that could end up choosing baseball as a pitcher um, over football. So you always want to kind of cover your bases there. Braylon Staley, as I mentioned, Carolina's got those other wide receiver targets Don't think it was all that shocking. They were preparing for a while as if he was going to Clemson anyways, so it shouldn't be that much of a culture shock. And then the defensive line, they've got Justin Terrell. That's the guy they're kind of honing in on. He's going to commit July 12th. If they land him, great. If not, Marcus Downs is the guy they then turn to. And Marcus Downs, he only, as far as I can tell, unless he did not reveal it somewhere to one of the major recruiting sites. If he didn't put it on his social media, the only official visit that he took was to Chapel Hill. So Carolina, they pretty much control their own destiny in that one. If they want them, they're going to have a really good chance to land them. Uh, but if they get Justin Terrell, it feels like they're going to pick him over him. So that'll be the thing to monitor there. Uh, but Carolina is still in pretty good standing. Uh, really quickly, last thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here is the state of Georgia. And you mentioned it earlier, Zach, you know, Carolina has done an outstanding job. This is an extremely important state for Carolina because of the type of talent that they are producing. You talk about, you know, Carolina's really got two states that they are working hard in here in this class uh, to establish pipelines to that it feels like if they want to continue to be one of the nation's better recruiting programs. They need to sort of get their their claws into uh, and get you know some of uh, this talent to Chapel Hill, and that's Georgia and Florida. Um, but Georgia is the state they've dug in really hard in. Seven of the team's 22 commitments come from the state, most of any state in this class for the Tar for the top five players in the class from the state of Georgia. Um, They've established inroads with some of the state's powers, talked about Buford earlier, Mill Creek. Uh, They've they've got both Jaden Patterson and Aiden Banfield. If they had wanted Trajan Greco, that was another one he committed to Georgia Tech. If they had wanted him, they probably could have gotten him, but they valued a guy like Zion Ferguson over him. And they've also, you know, a school that they've frequented, you know, over the past couple of years uh, is Walton High School, another area where they landed Marcus Allen out of. This class they get Ashton Woods out of. So Carolina's having success with those big schools there. And, Zach, a lot of this credit goes to Charlton Warren, but also Gene Chizik, guys that have ties in that area from their time in the SEC. Charlton Warren recruited. uh, He was a part of the Georgia staff at one time as well. Those are paying off big time for Carolina, and they are landing guys from a state, Zach, if you remember. We go all the way back to when we were first looking at the 24 class in depth and we did our most wanted guys. We said, you know, Carolina's got to take care of the home state. We want to see them continue to take care of Virginia. Not going all that great on that front. But we also want to see Carolina hit the state of Georgia hard. We said that would be the state that determined what this class looked like and that is starting to come to fruition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you just look at who they have committed right now and where their rankings are currently, four of your top five commits are guys out of the state of Georgia. So obviously this state is going to be big. You know, we've mentioned it ad nauseum at this point, sort of, I, you know, a combination of both a decrease in the level of overall talent in North Carolina and Virginia as compared with past years, and also just, you know, a lack of luck this cycle in recruiting those areas with the guys that they have so you know what has been sort of the mission statement of Mac Brown 2.0 and this staff has been to take care of those sort of home base areas first but you know in in modern college football in 2023 and beyond you've got to be able to pivot on a moment's notice Uh, you know guys more and more recruits that is you know, are, are more and more mobile than they've been in past years. And that continues to be the case, whether that be overall high school recruiting, whether that be, you know, combination of NIL guys, you know, the transfer portal going all over the place, Movement by players is is the highest that it's really ever been or or seemingly that it's ever been. So, you know, you as a program have always got to be able to pivot to where the talent is, whether that be local, whether that be a little bit closer by wherever it is, you've got to have that ability to pivot. So obviously recruiting North Carolina, recruiting Virginia is going to continue to be a high priority but, you know, the, the North Carolina staff deserves kudos from being able to sort of pivot out of that to find this lane in Georgia. Hopefully that's something that continues. It, it Like I've mentioned, it's going to be a state that's going to continue to have talent for North Carolina to recruit. But, you know, it, it it's just a, a very positive sign for this class, even with it, with it being a class that's probably not going to end up being top. 10 or top 15, like they've seen, they're still getting talent. They're not falling off the face of the earth. So it is a very encouraging sign to see them pivot to a state that is not one of those top two that they recruit and be able to still get that talent in and still, you know, build up the team for years to come.
0: Well, here's the thing that I think we also have to ask ourselves, Zach, with Carolina's, you know, success in the state of Georgia with them losing a guy that was such a crucial piece in the state of Virginia and Dre Bly has Georgia become the second most important state for Carolina on the recruiting trail. Cause it feels like, you know, with, with Dre, Virginia was the state that he was most focused on. I feel like you're almost feeling a similar type of vibe from Charlton Warren and how he is handling Georgia. And I got to tell you, Zach, I think, you know if it's north carolina taking care of the home state is your number 1 priority and then georgia number 2 over virginia i know virginia has produced a lot of talent but the state of georgia as we've talked about it's it's becoming one of the most well-known states for producing you know some of the nation's best year in and year out to me i think for carolina and mac brown his the 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 goal for his staff has to be to make that their number two priority.
1: Yeah. I I think that that might be correct. I mean, like, like you mentioned, Dre Bly was obviously a very big deal in sort of their efforts recruiting in Virginia, not there anymore. So that does hurt. I mean, it it seems like point blank that they felt that effect. They only have one, you know, recruit committed from the state of Virginia. It does not look like that, that there's going to be many other options there to add additional names if any and the, and the one that they have is their uh special teams commit in Lucas Osada that we've mentioned before um so you know Virginia recruiting has sort of dipped in this cycle and could continue to dip in the future now they're going to you know still recruit there obviously it's still an area that produces a lot of recruits, but you know, you you have to prioritize what is um what is reasonable for you. That's sort of been, you know, the motto for this staff overall and how they've recruited. They're not going to spend a lot of time on guys that are not realistically going to be options for a variety of reasons, whether that be guys that are taking, you know, extensive amounts of time to make their decision, guys, you know, that have sort of um NIL, you know, sort of goals that don't align with how North Carolina does NIL or whatever uh, it may be. North Carolina wants to look for guys that they feel are aligned with them and in areas they feel that they have a good shot at that. So In the coming years, could Georgia be sort of the second most important state for North Carolina as far as recruiting is concerned? I think that's very possible. And that's been in the case in the past. You mentioned, you know, Larry Fedora's tenure briefly earlier in relation to his offense, but just in, you know, recruiting strategy, even though there were, you know, some criticisms of him going outside of the state and outside of that traditional area, Georgia has typically been a big state for North Carolina I mean it's two states over you have South Carolina in between they're sort of hit or miss and sort of in terms of recruiting talent so yeah I I think Georgia is going to be really big will it overtake Virginia maybe maybe not I I think in terms of guys that they're getting right now it certainly has and that looks to continue so by that metric i'd say yeah it, it probably is going to be you know if not more of a priority than more of a producer of you know talent that north carolina can get here over this cycle definitely maybe next cycle we'll see
0: yeah and i mean you talk about it in the you know 2025 class carolina has offered uh, a lot of guys in that 2025 class uh, to this point um, you know, from the state of Georgia, that's probably, I mean, b- between that, I think they probably have offered more guys and it makes sense. There's more prospects there uh, than here in the state of North Carolina. But again, I think that was one of the things that was criticized a lot with Larry Fedora was yes, he went into Georgia. His biggest state was Florida. His staff really did a great job of focusing on Florida and, and finding guys down there uh, that fit what they needed. The problem was They were not doing what they needed to do here in the home state. And that's why I think there was so much concern with what Carolina was doing in the 2024 class before they started turning up the heat on some of these big-time targets. If they land a guy like Malcolm Ziegler, if they land a guy like Alex Taylor, they will start to quiet some of those concerns. And, look, 2025 class, mentioned we would talk about them earlier. They land quarterback Bryce Baker. What a way to start off that class. Uh, and I think, you know, moving forward, that'll be a guy that we will talk a lot about. But, uh, guys, we have uh, been on here for nearly an hour, so I think it's the perfect time to go ahead and wrap this up. Guys, make sure you head over to the website, HeelTuffBlog.com. Check out the articles on all those guys. Zion Ferguson's commitment article, Tyshawn White's commitment article, Keenan Jackson's commitment article, And a full breakdown of 2025 four-star in-state quarterback Bryce Baker and what he means for the Tar Heels. Make sure you check it out on the website. Uh, Also on the website, plenty of stuff about uh, the guys that are getting ready to commit. We're going to have commitment previews for every single guy Uh, As they get ready, we, of course, have plenty coming up. I mentioned Kaj Sanders going to commit on the 8th. Uh, Zach mentioned earlier, right before that, actually, uh, on the 7th, you're going to have Jalen Thompson, who's going to announce his commitment. uh, Three-star safety. And then uh, the following week, uh, there will be other big names that will get ready to commit over the weekend uh, with guys like Jordan Shipp, uh, the four-star wide receiver from Providence Day High School. He's set to commit on July 16th. You also have the upcoming commitment from, uh, from four-star safety, Malcolm Ziegler, on the 17th. But before all that, uh, you've got uh, Justin Terrell, the three-star defensive lineman, from uh, another guy from the state of Georgia. He is going to commit on July 12th. And then a couple of guys towards the end of the month. You got Alex Taylor on July 29th that is going to announce his commitment, uh, as well as Javarius Green. I believe his actually is a little bit earlier. I believe it follows right uh, right after Malcolm Ziegler's commitment on the 18th. So a big string of commitments coming up here uh, from big-time targets for the Tar Heels. And we're going to have you covered with all of that stuff in one location, HeelToughBlog.com. Uh, on the basketball side of things, guys, Tariel's still looking to build this roster. Three open roster spots. They have reached out uh, to a couple of West Virginia transfers, including one that is scheduled to come on campus. Make sure you head over to the website and check out who that is, com. Uh, And, uh, yeah, a a whole bunch of great stuff throughout the offseason as Carolina gets prepared for a season that uh, our our basketball guy, Josh Marlowe, told me he is unbelievably excited about. So a guy that was as depressed as he could possibly be at the end of last year, he is uh, rip-roaring ready for this upcoming season, and we're going to have you covered all across it. Uh, over there on the website so uh, once again that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast want to thank Zach Hubbard for hosting with me want to thank you guys for listening and as always go Tony.